podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's episode, we're going to bring you something a little bit different. Yeah, we did this live stream on Saturday, March 28th. It was very exciting for us. Ethan and I haven't done something of this magnitude before. It was four and a half hours of jam-packed conversation with eight different entrepreneurs. Called it the Recession Proof Startup Saturday. We got a lot of people hanging out at home now in quarantine because of COVID-19. And yeah, we're pretty proud that we were able to pull this together and make something positive out of difficult time for a lot of people. And we actually raised some money too. Also, I think a big appeal for us in doing this is to bring some optimism to people out there. Who knows what it'll feel like in a couple of weeks when this is published. But right now, today, uh, it's March 31st, and it feels a little dire out there. People are a little gloomy. And I think one of the most exciting things about this episode is the enthusiasm and positivity that a lot of the guests brought to it in the face of something that's very challenging, both from a a health standpoint and the economy. And the uh, fundraiser, by the way, was for the World Health Organization COVID-19 Response Fund. So yeah, we got a lot of people taking threats and turning them into opportunities in the most positive way possible. And so I think listeners will get a lot out of this. Great. Let's hear about the next episode we're going to do. Let's take a listen to Anthony Sarandria, Josh Elizecchi, and Anthony Mink. You guys are the closers here. We have you as the, uh, you guys are going to knock it out of the park. I'm pumped for it. (laughs) I'll set some context here. What we're doing is we are, we're bringing hope to people out there, sharing some business ideas that can be started in the face of a recession. Not to say that there will be one, but People are thinking about it, right? And we want to show listeners how you can help, not just in the immediate term, in terms of uh, contributing to healthcare workers, et cetera, but in terms of creating value in the economy by building a business. So that is uh, the primary goal here. So in terms of the next hour, the next 50 minutes here, we want to kick around some business ideas. We can do a lot of brainstorming here. And I know you guys know each other, so... It should be a, a fun conversation. Brainstorm some ideas, and then maybe in the last 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so, we can synthesize some of them and hone in on one that we really are excited about and want to share some action steps with our listeners. But before we get into that, it would be good to hear a little bit of background about each of you guys. Anthony, you were just recently a guest here. We will be publishing your episode soon. So, Tell us about who you are and a little bit about your story. Sure. Yeah. My name is Anthony Sarandria. I've got you know Josh, my business partner, and then Mink is is a good friend of mine. We all uh, run pretty decent, sizable businesses, and you know, Josh and I, specific to this conversation, run a business that really thrives in a recession. So it helps either save Americans money or put more money in their pocket. It's a financial literacy resource that again connects Americans with different financial products. So. In a lot of ways, it, we've been prepping for a recession with that business. And so we're seeing it you know, head, head in a super solid direction, even with all the hard times going on right now. So some interesting takeaways and learnings there for prepping for an immediate or long-term recession or, or even just on troubling times like this, like some of the things and steps you can take in your business, business model, service and products could be good to share stuff. So anyway, I'll popcorn over to uh, Joshy Boy. Yep. What he said. <laughs> <laughs> I also founded a company a few years ago called Snow, Matt Snow on Instagram, internet's most popular oral care brands. Apparently, a lot of people have teeth too, so we're doing okay so far. Unless COVID takes out people's teeth, then we might be in trouble. <laughs> Didn't plan for that contingency. Yeah. Actually, your worst enemy is, is like some sort of virus that would improve people's teeth without the need for care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what though? People always want, want more. Unlikely. So, you know, even if it's snow white they want whiter than that so as long as they have teeth i'm telling you even if it's one tooth everyone's running off one tooth we'll make it shiny pearly and looking great 
we we talked about fluorescent popcorn in in our last hour so okay. maybe that's the direction you're going as well fluorescent oh tea. yeah yeah 100 <laughs> uh mink jump that in is here. the business idea for this episode <laughs> <laughs> my name is anthony mink all my friends just call me mink because it's easier and and uh, there's less minks out there than there is anthony's I've been digital marketing for 10 years. I started basically like July of 2009. I had no experience and really just tried to figure out how to make money online because I wanted to uh, work for myself and I wanted to travel. And so I got into the affiliate game, like beginning of 2011, did a lot of advertising on Facebook. And really everything that I've done has been built around understanding community and culture and then figuring out ways to monetize those. And so, you know, I've had affiliate businesses, I've had e-commerce businesses, over the last 10 years, I'm currently a co-founder and CEO of a company called Live Bearded. And the CDC did try to take us out because they sent an article out there about you need to shave your beard. So that's been, that's been funny. We've had a lot of customers sending us messages about that. But you know, we sell men's grooming products, apparel, and accessories. And over the last four and a half years, we've been able to build a, a really cool lifestyle brand built around the idea of community and brotherhood and dudes that have beards of all lengths and sizes and just really being there to support and uplift each other as we go through life. I know you guys are all good guys. You're, you're humble a little bit here, but I want to brag out there about, um, about collectively, can you give us a ballpark collectively businesses annual revenue would be? And if you're not comfortable sharing, that's okay. But I want to, our listeners should listen to you guys. <laughs> and, <laughs> Inspire them. Yeah. Inspire yeah, them it, to it, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go first because I'm definitely the smallest out of the trio here. I mean, being in the beard grooming space is a little bit more niche than, than teeth care and financial. We're approaching, I, we're approaching the eight-figure mark and uh, should be there by the end of this year or uh, middle to next year. Awesome. Congrats. And then um, Josh and Boyanar's uh, portfolio companies do north of $60 million a year uh, between all the different brands and, and companies where we work with and own. Awesome. Yeah. So if that's not enough reason to listen to these guys, I don't know what else you guys need. In addition to them being just great guys. So, so let's, let's jump yeah, into and it. My, and Josh's private Snapchat brings in, I think, like a couple hundred bucks a month. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> my, my OnlyFans account is, is <laughs> all of our profits. About 50 of that 60 million this, this year will come from my Snapchat. So <laughs> yeah. nice. that's why I wore white. I'm giving you a little preview. Oh, man. <laughs> We get slowly more R-rated as the day goes on. <laughs> uh, let's kick things off here. What are some, we can just popcorn around some, some thoughts, some business ideas. It doesn't have to be fully fleshed out, but just what are you guys thinking about in terms of opportunities out there in the you know, world situation that we're in? It's funny. I was listening to uh, Bill Gates yesterday, actually talking about how uh, the first step is uh, testing, and we're not we're not putting enough uh, emphasis on testing to know true numbers to really know truly who to deal with and work with. And in some areas, there's you know people just for peace of mind going to get tested, and then other areas where people really actually have symptoms and need to get tested that aren't able to do it. So I, you know I I had this you know I was I was just thinking through like even if obviously it's not a you know a testing kit for COVID, but people are really on edge right now around their health and thinking about you know how can I check in on you know, my, my vitals, what things are going on. So I imagine like an every, everly well is doing really well right now where people have been checking different allergies and stuff they have. So um, yeah, I just wanted to kick it off with something around, you know, giving people peace of mind around their health in some way, even if it's not, you know, you don't have a billion dollar lab that is able to detect uh, COVID, but even, even, you know, it, it's had a, you know, plaque on your teeth or, you know, that can lead to heart disease, things like that. I think there's a heightened kind of demand and and you're around that today you know for me i think uh before i even would start to think about what product i would want to get into what marketplace i'd want to enter i'd start to think about the behavior patterns of people during a recession and if it's a recession that's geared around an event like this right i really think that covid's a black swan event like i i mean i think we could all agree that the economy has been booming for a long time and, a, and smart money knows that like there was some type of break that was going to happen eventually but you could have never predicted this. And I think one of, the, one of the best skills in business, I think, is the ability to anticipate. And so for us, we try to look at behavior patterns and how will this experience that we're having right now change people's behaviors? What types of things are they going to do? I literally just got back from the gym when Anthony asked me if I wanted to jump on, or not the gym, excuse me, the park, because all the gyms are closed. 
and I'm at the I'm at the park, and everyone's got their exercise bands. They've got their kettlebells. They're doing their their exercises at the gym, or excuse me, again at the park because gyms are closed. And so that's a really simple example of how you can bring awareness to behavior patterns due to events, due to recessions, due to you know uh, contractions in the marketplace. And so I think the first step to coming up with any type of monetizable business is looking towards people's behaviors and saying, how can I put myself or position myself in front of a behavior change that's coming? And like, it was just clear as day to me today, like the work, the work out at home niche is probably exploding right now because of the contraction in the marketplace. A, financially, right? There's all these people that are being laid off, all these challenges in, in the marketplace professionally, but also just because you can't go to the gym, they're closed. So for me, I start to identify behavior patterns and changes in behavior and try to figure out how I can position myself in front of that. And, and Live Bearded was really born from that. A good buddy of mine, we're talking about how do we create men's grooming products? How do we appeal to an audience of men 2015 in that, in that area? No Shave November was really taken off. We saw this behavior pattern changing and we jumped in front of it. And now we've been able to build, like I said, a, a, an almost an eight-figure business by positioning ourselves in front of a behavior pattern. So that's where I would start before I even think about what product can I merchandise, can I monetize, uh, what behaviors do you want to take part in and or position yourself in front of? Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to hear more of your perspective, Mink, because that's, uh, that's definitely, first of all, I don't think everybody has that perception of what, what are the next, what is the next behavior pattern? I think there's certain entrepreneurs, especially that have an eye for that. I remember hearing someone I forget who it was. He was in high school and, you know, he would just watch and he would see what's the next trend that everybody's getting excited about. And then he would just find a way to build a business, you know, around that trend that's going on. So it's a, it's a great skill. It'd be great to hear a little bit more about like how your mind works that you, that you find perception around that kind of thing. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think I'm relatively terrible at predicting trends. I think there's people out there that are way better than that than I am. But I had a, a really beautiful experience early on as an entrepreneur. I was really kind of in my first couple years of making money online. And I had a mentor who was a product developer. And he, or he would, or a product inventor. And he would come up with products and then he would sell them on QVC and HSN and Home Shopping Networks. And, you know, I'd made hundreds of millions of dollars, was retired to Costa Rica. And I asked him, like, how did you come up with all of these products? Like these ideas is like completely crazy shit, like that you would see on TV that he would invent. And he's like, I just over time, I built an awareness to, to pay attention to things, to pay attention to behaviors, and then to see how I might be able to develop a product around a behavior that would enhance or... Uh, simplify someone's life. And so I don't know that it's rocket science. I think it comes to uh, just practicing awareness, bringing awareness to, you know, different interest levels. Like I'm, I'm interested in the gym, health and fitness, staying active. And so it's easy for me to connect dots in those areas. Um, I think the, the best thing to do is start in areas of your life that you're interested in, that you have uh, maybe a higher level of understanding than normally and see how that industry is evolving and changing and look to people's behaviors. And ultimately, I think everyone here can agree, an entrepreneur is a value generating role, right? We all get paid because we generate value in someone else's life and they're exchanging monetary value for whatever value we're giving them in return. So I think it really just comes down to bringing awareness around behaviors. It's, I don't think it's rocket science. And then looking for opportunities to add value through some type of information or, or product. I want to jump in here with a um, clarifying question. And I want to get to Josh too and, and his take on this. But when I think about looking out in the world and how you can add value, I can see myself sometimes shifting into uh, what's wrong with the world mentality, right? That's, that's like a question that you can ask yourself in order to figure out where the opportunities are. And I don't think that's really a healthy way of living every day. So is there a tweak that you can make on that question such that you're finding these opportunities without being negative all the time? What can I improve? I think that's a little bit more of an empower, powerful question. I think uh, questions are you know, super important and you can create and ask presumptive questions. You can presuppose an answer by the question that you ask. So if you ask what's wrong with the world, you're presupposing that there's a ton of shit that's wrong with the world. Or you can ask like, what can I improve in 
XYZ or in said industry or, you know, space. And you're presupposing that you have the capacity to improve something. So I think it's really just a languaging pattern and changing the language around to presuppose a positive outcome versus a negative outcome. Awesome. So getting into more business ideas, like specifics, is there, we heard a little bit from Anthony uh, on kind of just some getting into a little bit more specifics, but Josh or Mink, is there any idea that's, that's on the tip of your tongue or that you think like getting more concrete into it that uh, you think we should head towards? The, the good thing about what's happening is that, you know, this happens in, in cycles. So, you know, if you're running a digital business, which means that you don't have to have a digital product, but if you are able to advertise on Facebook and Instagram, there's a huge discount going on right now because so many advertisers have pulled out of the auction. You should be crushing it right now. So it took us with Snow, it took us a little while. It took us, you know, probably 10, 11 days of testing different messaging out figuring out what kind of sale we want to run. So we're running a 25% off sale site-wide. We're donating a portion of proceeds to small businesses affected by coronavirus. We ship all of our own products from Phoenix, Arizona. So we're reminding people that products are being shipped out from Arizona. You know, come out of this with a wider, brighter smile. You know, while you're at home, you know, do the 21-day challenge. So we changed some of the messaging around there on the ads, on the landing pages, etc. And it's proven to be very, very lucrative for us. And so there's a balance right now that if you're currently running a business, whether it's a service-based business, a product-based business, whatever it is, you want to be sensitive to what's going on. So you want to call out, you know, hey guys, due to COVID, you know, we're trying to keep up with demand, you know, something along those lines. It could be an announcement on your homepage, on your landing page, it, whatever it might be. It could be in your emails if you're in the service-based business. You know, due to COVID, I might be a little bit, you know, slower on responding to you, but I am working through this. Just letting people know that you're conscious of it. Because if you try to be oblivious of it, like I received some emails from companies that probably had loaded up those emails a month ago and they're still coming out. And it's like, it's not their fault in that aspect, but it is their fault in the sense that they should have massaged that messaging so that, you know, they're at least conscious of it. Because consumers are, you know, we're banding together as, you know, as a globe, I mean, not just a country. I mean, everyone is banding, uh, has banded together against this pandemic. So you have to be sensitive of it with your language. But you, know, you also don't want to... There's two sides of it. There's be oblivious to what's going on and pretend like if you don't shine any light to it, that your customers won't you know, pay attention to it. That's not going to work. Or you can try to profit off of it. You know, and if you try to profit off it, they're also going to see that. So you have to balance in between based on you know, whatever, you know, whatever brand you're trying to build or whatever business you're trying to build. So what I wanted to speak to is, you know, we've gone through this since, you know, the beginning of time in terms of like recessions and depressions and all of this. And this is a, you know, this is definitely a black swan event, but it's indicative of what happens in a recession. And so, you know, people forgot what happened in 2008, 2009. I can't, I can't tell you how many people I saw buy a house over the last six months, you know, in my network, you know, of, of friends and stuff. And it's like, people forget, you know, what happened in 2008, 2009, they're like, well, the perfect time to buy a house, the house, the prices are only going to keep going up. You know, it's like this constant thing. And, and so there's this like detox that's going on. Uh, it's unfortunate that it's a pandemic, but it's certainly causing people to think twice about what they're buying. And so when you think about something like, you know, Snow, we're, we're a premium oral care line, you know, it's like, you know, people are thinking twice about it. Yeah, they're thinking about toothpaste and things like that. But we've kind of shifted our messaging and we're having some of our best days, you know, of the year in both businesses because we've massaged that messaging and we now don't have to compete. It's literally 30 to 50% off right now of Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram ads. So we are trying to push for multiple millions, you know, in April as as take advantage of the marketplace just being, you know, absent of a lot of business owners who are pulling back. And there are all kinds of articles out there that show businesses that got started during recessions and depressions. You know, if you're able to double down, double down right now, it's certainly the time, even if that means you're breaking even, keep blood flowing through your business so that you don't go out of business. Don't think of the worst, try to massage your messaging. But I wrote down two things. If you're looking to start a business and you think that we're going to go into a recession, if you look at 1999.com bubble burst, 2008 recession, the biggest companies that made it through were those that allowed customers to either save money 
or an opportunity to make money. If you can do both, like eBay, eBay allows you to save money, but you can also get rid of your stuff on there and make money. Craigslist, OfferUp, LetGo, Airbnb, Uber allows you to make money. You're also getting convenience and saving some money. Those type of businesses are important. Now, you don't have to go out and try to create a multi-billion dollar two-sided marketplace, but you should certainly think through how you message around that. So if it's... Uh, you know, you know yeah. funny on that, on that, Ming, just to piggyback off that too, you know, we're talking about new businesses and business and ideas, but you take, you know, take deep whitening again, you know, a few weeks ago, it was, it was like, oh, I want to, you know, it's aspirational, exciting. Now it's, it's, you know, what can I improve? Okay. So what happens in a recession? Maybe there's job loss, maybe there's more divorce. So now it's maybe educating around, you know, you know, looks play a 25% role in getting a raise, things like that, where now it's what can I improve? I can improve the monetary situation through somebody looking better through their smile. So those type of messaging shifts are almost in a way like an innovation on service or product as well, too. It's just framing, again, to Ming's point, framing based on the current times that are happening. We already saw it. I mean, we, the first 10 days, we weren't doing a lot. So like we weren't, message, we weren't messing with the messaging too much. We were, we were a little bit trying to figure it out. But we were shocked too. Like we were in shock. My team was in shock. The, the you know, consumers were in shock running out to stock up on canned food and toilet paper. You know, like everybody was freaking out. And we were like kind of just deer in the headlights. Like what, what's going on? Like do we pull back advertising? Like that's the first thing that comes to mind is, oh my gosh. Our conversion rate cut in half, more than half, like 60%. Same people coming to the store, same amount, but cut in half of people buying. So we're like, oh my gosh, oh, like what's going to happen? And, you know, is this kind of indicative of what would happen a recession? So, you know, it's 60% cut. So I was getting close to saying, let's just cut our advertising back. Let's focus on our email list, our SMS list, you know, some of our resellers, like, you know, let's just kind of see when this blows over. But, you know, that's not who I am and, you know, it, at, at my core. So I said, no, 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 we got to push this. So that's when we started pushing harder on the messaging, thinking through our product and say, okay, why would someone want to buy this while they're sitting at home? And they made, you know, 3.3 million Americans going without a job. Like, how can I frame it? And now I feel confident coming out of this in, in, in terms of at least from a messaging standpoint that I could turn around any business right now, unless you're like, Truly, if you're selling like three thousand dollars fur coats, you know it might be a little bit difficult. But there's a way to turn it. I mean, just about any business that you're in, anything you're selling right now, people are lacking certainty. So give them certainty with subscriptions, one year supplies, six month supplies. You got to give them a little something. We're giving them twenty five percent off their entire order, free shipping, and we're donating from the order. Like you got to think through it. Give some free gifts. Give them that extra reason to do it. And if you're selling something that's kind of like a, you know, premium product like we are, there's a phenomenon that you know, suggest everybody look up called the lipstick effect. And in 2008, at the heart of the recession, L'Oreal had, you know, a six or 7% increase in sales. That's a lot for a large company like that. Because during times of uncertainty, this study was particularly on women, will, you know, spend more on lipstick, you know, more on their appearance. Lipstick was what they studied uh, in, this, in this specific article to attract a, a mate with better resources. It's instinctual. You know, this has been happening forever. So I think if you stick to the principles, you know, if your business could not have succeeded prior to this, it's going to be hard to succeed during this and after this. So this is like a good, uh, a good detox time period for business owners. I'm kind of a, I'm a little bit of a Darwinist where it's like survival of the fittest in that aspect, but there's no reason why you should not be thriving during this time unless you're a restaurant, a gym, like, you know, things like that. And you're going to have to really evolve on a day-to-day basis. But this is a great opportunity for good businesses to become great businesses. I want to pause you right there because there's a lot that you included in that, and we need to unpack that a little bit. Got a couple questions to follow up here. I think it's extremely insightful what you guys did with the testing and, and changing the uh, the messaging because most businesses are not doing that and they are seeing business fall off. And that's part of the reason that they're not advertising as much. How much do you think your business would have suffered had you just kept the same messaging you were using? I'll go ahead and answer your question in terms of like what the dip was. I mean, right out of the gate, I would say we saw at least a 50 to 60% drop immediately. Uh, As soon as like the press started to hit, as soon as like the hype 
the, the height of the panic hit, we saw a huge decline. And I think it was because everybody was knocked on their ass, right? Like nobody knew what was going to happen. It was very uncertain. We've never really experienced anything like this before. You know, we haven't changed our messaging too much. And that's probably why we haven't seen the recovery as much as we have. We've been a little bit more reactive than I'd like to admit. Um, and we're trying to learn how to, how to message and market through this as well. But to Josh's point, I mean, huge reduction in advertising costs. And I ran the math actually yesterday, just looking at it, because we start to see our sales come back. And now we're maybe 10 to 15% down. So we've like made up a lot of ground from where we were trending. And that's really just because we went to what our strengths are. For me, like I'm a fundamentals guy. I'm probably not the, the going to be the one that comes up with the next million dollar idea, but we're, our company is really built on the foundation of culture and serving our customers and really understanding what their needs are and finding ways to just support them through these times. And so we increased our email marketing actually. And we went out and we said, okay, what lifestyle content can we create? And so I've got a team of like really great dudes and one guy loves to barbecue as an example. And so we're like, look, there's a lot of dads that are at home. They don't have much to do. Like, let's put together some barbecue tips for them. So we shot a couple of videos, how to do this, how to do that, mailed it out. And we started to see just that engagement come back as people and behaviors started to normalize and settle into the new normal, if you will. But out of the gate, I mean, it knocked us on our ass. And we were like, what the fuck just happened? How are we going to push through this? But I think two things happen when you know a big event like this happens. One everyone is completely uncertain. And then two, relatively quickly, I think uh, part of the human experience is to adjust to the new normal. You know, we're 10 days, two weeks into this in the US. And I really do think people have kind of started to adjust to the new normal. And now we're just waiting to get back to life as usual. But to Josh's point, I think there's a huge opportunity in these types of scenarios to, as a company, uh, be on the forefront of messaging your your shit in a way, your stuff in a way that connects with where they're at. More real-time marketing, real-time messaging. That's obviously what you guys have done. And that's awesome. We're, we've been a little bit slower on that, unfortunately. We have some stuff coming out this week, but it's uh, for us, it, it's been a, a big... It, it's been very insightful to see the reaction in the marketplace and then see people's behaviors return to normal. I want to uh, call out this whole idea of adjusting to a new norm, but also bring that in the context of the sort of interesting nature of time during the growth of the virus, right? If you do the math, I'm hopeful that we'll get on a, a better track where we're not growing at the natural exponential rate of growth of, of this virus. But as it stands in the United States, I, I looked through the numbers yesterday, we are growing at the rate that it would grow if nothing was done. And that means that we're only at the beginning of this. And because it's exponential, things will change exponentially. So I don't know if you guys have had this feeling, but I have. Every time I talk to someone, I have some appointments that I do weekly. I check in with someone next week and be like, man, I can't believe that was just a week ago. It was so different. And I kind of feel like that's going to be happening for the, you know, until we reach our peak. And, you know, and then maybe even there's a bit of an exponential decline, right, in things that in cases and so on and so forth. So we're getting this space where it's almost like even though there's also new normals, there's also the new normal is that change is happening at a very rapid rate. So I'm curious if you guys have any any thoughts about getting ahead of that. Yeah, yeah, I think you know Josh is on the same page as far as the make money, save money, but also I think add add certainty to someone's life too. So I mean, we're a business that's theoretically does both, uh, saves money and helps people make money. And even at the beginning of this, we saw a hit at the beginning, and we realized very quickly it's because even me as a consumer, I couldn't get enough of this, like you said, day to day, hour by hour news and change. That's what consumed me. So until we started becoming part of that conversation and saying that through our marketing messaging and saying, hey, this, you know, this solution can can help through this time versus just talking how we were for the last two years, we saw a hit and we fit the bill on adding certainty, uh, saving money and making money. So uh, I just I just want to reiterate home how strong of a point that is, even if you're a beard grooming company, teeth whitening company, or a financial services company, if you're not adjusting, like you said, the hour by hour, day by day messaging conversation to fit where that person is in, in at that exact moment, you're going to become irrelevant to that individual within their news feed or whatever it is. So here's something I want to talk about because it's it's important to remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So 
food shelter security. So you look at food shelter security. If you're not in those, you know, people in those three realms are probably going to have the biggest month they've had in a long time. Talking about guns, ammo, whatever it might be, right? Shelter, that could mean a hundred different things, but food, obviously. So food, shelter, security. Security can come through lots of different ways. Hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, and toilet paper in many ways give security to somebody. And the reason why there was this rise in toilet paper, one, there's kind of a herd mentality. Everyone's doing it. I've got to do it. It's kind of like Black Friday. Everyone's buying a TV when nobody needs a TV. But, you know, this herd mentality is very important to kind of watch. And we were stepping back and kind of watching what was going on. But there are secondary pieces to that. I think the secondary and tertiary pieces of that Maslow's hierarchy. So, for example, if you're at the top, self-actualization, esteem, love and belonging, you know, uh, esteem and self-actualization do very well when the economy is doing very well. So this is like, you know, very high end, like coaching and like how to get even better than you are right now. And, you know, all that type of stuff. People don't have time for that when they're panicking. You know, they're like food, shelter, security. I got to take care of me and my own. That's it. Now, if you think about zooming out, mental health, immunity, and electronic learning. So learning online. So people are now feeling uncertain in their job. Maybe they were displaced in their job. Maybe they were let go, uh, whatever it might be. Now is an opportunity where they're saying, you know what, this is, I kind of don't want to go back to what I was doing. You know what, like the fact that that wasn't secure for me, I want something more secure because food, shelter, security. So anytime someone's bottom tiers of their pyramid are disrupted, it's, it causes them to think differently about their status quo. And so people are willing to make a change. They're willing to learn something new. So if you're in, you know, if there's an opportunity for you to create a course where you're teaching something that's really valuable, you know, people are going to be learning programming. They're going to be learning all kinds of stuff, right? I think like trade schools, things like that are going to boom for sure, you know, over the next few years, regardless. Immunity, whether we get, you know, if we get out through this, you know, black swan event three months from now, there's going to be a, a scar on the global population around immunity. And that's something that's going to play in the psyche of consumers for several years to come. So if you have, you know, supplements, you know, whatever it might be, right? The brands like Airborne, Emergency, you know, those type of things, uh, Echinacea and Vitamin C. Like if you're in the immunity and overall kind of health and wellness arena, that's going to be important. And there's a lot of uncertainty around the medical system, at least in the U.S., so now alternative health is going to become that much more relevant because what if I can't get to a doctor? And if you think about it right now, emergency preppers, doomsday preppers are having the time of their life because they're like, I told you so. And like, now you're not laughing at me. Extreme couponers are laughing at everybody now because they, they have 4,000 Clorox wipes they paid $3 for. So, you know, th these are the new Warren Buffets of the world. You know, they're going to build empires off of their coupons. But, you know, that is a realization. And I think that mental health is another thing. You have people who are displaced from a job, 3.3 million people. You know, one of the things that Trump was, was, you know, highlighting was, you know, if we continue this lockdown, you know, suicide rate is going to, is going to skyrocket. You know, there's going to be a huge spike in suicides because the economy is not meant to be paused like this for this long. It's just not made to do that. And people need something to do. And without sports, which in many ways, sports on TV is an opiate for the masses, it calms down people, it calms down men particularly. You can't watch sports, so you can't calm down the men. You can't really gamble because you can't go to Vegas. You know, it's like it's prostitutes, gambling, and sports. That's how you calm down your men. And if you can't do that, you've got restless men. Restless men are never good for a society. So, um, you know, those are things to think about mental health, immunity and online learning of some sort. I think those are three areas that are going to see, we're going to see an increase over the next few years, whether we go into recession or not. Yeah, and I wanna to add to that, that um, I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to say about this because you all are playing offense at a time where a lot of other businesses are playing defense. And I think it'd be really valuable for our listeners to share business ideas that can be a little bit more aggressive or things that uh, you can take advantage of the fact that a lot of people are tightening up and getting worried and fearful. And there's not, that means that there's opportunity for people out there who are going to step in and, and willing to 
be greedy when others are fearful, as Warren Buffett says. Yeah, and just to, I thought of that phrase too earlier, and it's a, it's a very insightful phrase that Warren Buffett has. And to, just to kind of like put it in a softer tone, because I think a lot of people are having serious issues that they're dealing with friends and family and so forth. It's not just a, the greedy term that Warren Buffett uses is kind of just to make it easy to remember. And I think it's more about the fact that, you know, to, to see opportunities when other people are fearful and to notice that they're not looking, you know, because they're distracted. And I think that that's an interesting place to go. Touching on the, the quote by, by Buffett, uh, you know, gre- the greedy quote, I, I, could, I think you could exchange those words for offense and defense. Like have, play defense when everybody is focusing on playing offense and play offense when everybody's focusing on playing defense. I think the, those words are interchangeable. And I'll be honest with you guys, like right out of the gate, I went straight defensive. I'm like, okay, what can we cut? What can we sure up? What can, where can we get focused and lean? Cause the truth of the matter is as a business owner, when things are going really well, you get a little fat, you get a little bloated, you allow things to kind of pile up from a, a resource standpoint that maybe aren't essential. And so the, our playbook right now to get through this, and I think a very solid playbook in my bias opinion in any recession is focus on defense first. Because the, li- the longevity of the company is, is most important, the life of the company. And for us, the way that we did that was asking ourselves this question, is this expense generating revenue or keeping a customer? And if it's not, then we cut it. So we cut a couple of contractors that were nice to have. We cut some softwares that were nice to have. And we just looked at ways that we could tighten up our budget so that we could get really lean and thin and play some financial defense through this in case this spawns out for an unexpected period of time. Um, and that I spent the first week of the recession, part of the, or the not recession, but the pandemic in the US, I spent the first week playing financial defense to make sure that we were going to be in a position to weather any storm. And that's why we're a little bit slower on updating and changing our messaging. And now kind of we're working on that offensive side of things because like Josh said, costs are really cheap right now. And if you're able to put a good offensive strategy in place, you can take a ton of market share. And I think that I don't know if there'll ever be a time like this again, where literally everyone, like restaurants, gyms, local businesses, almost unanimously, like all businesses, airlines, travel, hotel, like they've all pulled out of the marketplace for advertising. And there's probably the least amount of competition we'll ever see. So for us, thinking about it, not in terms of like Corona, but in terms of a recession, I think it's just understanding an offensive and defensive strategy, playing very deliberate defensive financial defense, while also looking for market opportunities to change your messaging, to iterate and and, uh, become more resourceful in a period where maybe resources aren't as as abundant. That's kind of what we have done. And really then now this week, like we do a lot of funny spoof videos and things like that. So we have over the last four, four days wrote and scripted and shot a couple of different sales videos and humor based videos to try to bring light and to bring humor to the current time that we're going to then attach a quarantine sale to and speak specifically to like, look, we know you guys are at home, but when you wake up in the morning, taking care of yourself is the first step to looking good. When you look good, you feel good. And right now you really need to feel good so that you can bring a positive light and energy to your family, your friends, to bring that certainty to the community. So that's kind of a way that we're languaging things. But in terms of a recession, I think just being very clear on like the offense, defense, and what works for you, and then being resourceful to come up with new messaging that meets people where they are in the certain times and circumstances that are taking place. The only thing I wanted to, to highlight is, and I'm a little bit more of a traditionalist in this, in this aspect. And um, my buddy, Brian Garvin just said, go buy a cheap motorcycle or fast scooter uh, or delivery bicycle they use in New York city, do Grubhub. My thing is if you're 18 years old, 17 years old, you got to make yourself indispensable. When I was 13, 14 years old, I learned everything for free, but I learned how to program better than anyone I knew knew how to program. I knew how to make websites. I learned how to do everything. And uh, my thing is, like me on my high horse is like, like um, you know, I'm a I'm a rugged individualist. You got to you you got to go out there and you got to go out there and work. You know, it's like, it, you know, don't go out there and 
and learn five things and go and create a course and try to get a bunch of people to buy your course if you haven't really even done anything. My, my thinking is you got to put in work. You know, you're 18 years old. You got you to gotta be willing to roll up your sleeves, learn something. The harder it is to learn it, the more valuable it's going to be. And that doesn't mean it has to be online. I'm talking about go learn how to weld. You know what I mean? Like go learn how to paint a house and then take your marketing skills and market your own house painting business or whatever it might be. Like, you know, I think there's a, there's a huge uh, gap in young people wanting to actually work hard. And not that they don't want to, like they want to hustle and, you know, Gary Vee's probably circling in their head somehow. Grant Cardone's probably yelling at them, but uh, you know, it's straight up, you know, you want to, you want to make money in any recession or not make yourself indispensable, you know, have a skill set that people actually want, you know, learn how to fix cars, learn how to clean carpets, you know, learn how to do something that, you know, is not going to go anywhere with that, with whatever is happening. Um, you know, and if that means go to college, go to college. If that doesn't mean go to college, don't go to college. Like, you know, I, I met Anthony at university. We both have degrees. We didn't go and, you know, apply for a job necessary, but I would have done whatever was, was necessary. I would have gone to work for anybody. If they were hiring, I would do it. I, you know, I would, I'd be driving Uber, Grubhub, you know, I, I'm just a hustler. So I'd be doing every single thing. I'd be pet sitting dogs on uh, whatever the website is. I'd be renting out my car on Turo.com. I, I mean, I'd be Grubhubbing, Uber Eats in, Uber Lyft. I'd be doing all the shared economy stuff while I'm learning and reading and doing all that stuff. So you got to be willing to work. That's just how it is. Like when I was 18 years old, I was like, how, how much more work can I put in? You know, I think that too many people are looking for an easy way out. If you focus on the tactics, you, you forget the strategies. If you think that this microcosm of this large global pandemic of what's indicative of a recession is like, I can find an easy way in now. It's like, it's just because the environment has shifted a little bit doesn't mean there's an easy way out. Like the only shortcut, and I'm saying this just because I know there might be a lot of younger people listening to this. There's no shortcut. So you got to say, be willing to work on your knees for 10 years straight and you might have a chance, kid. Other than that, I don't know what to tell you, recession or not, you know, uh, unless someone just throws a big bag of money in your pocket, you're not going to do it. And and if you're going to go out and do what Mink was talking about, make sure that you are someone responsible to take on somebody's money because people are struggling right now. Businesses are struggling right now. The last thing I want you to do is go and say, hey, let me take your money and advertise and you don't know what the hell you're doing. You better know what you're doing if you're going to take other people's money on. And that's something that me and Anthony share that, that background you know, taking on other people's money, but, you know, we were, we were hungry. We were learning, you know, we weren't looking for, you know, how do we just get a check? And I don't know what I'm doing. I love that message too, because it is very true. You know, I've, again, people are at home, they're not they're they're out of their normal routines and there's going to be something just about like getting a nice morning routine together and taking care of yourself instead of just letting it all go, which is really easy when you're working from home. And uh, yeah, I can, I can definitely buy into that. You threw a lot at us there, Josh, which is, is just great. But trying to uh, think about what we, can, what we can take from that and turn that into uh, some action steps for our listeners here, because that's really the challenge that, we, that we're putting forward for our guests. We've got 10 minutes. and you got something? Go for it. Yeah. If it's me and you got no money to invest into physical products or inventory or anything like that, I think, I mean, honestly, the easiest business to start is a service business, right? You need a computer, a brain, and one client. And I think knowing that the marketplace right now is scared, knowing that businesses are very scared, and knowing what happens in a, a recessionary period is a contraction in the marketplace, a reduction in ad costs. I think that there's a huge opportunity to potentially, and I don't know what marketplace you would want to go in in terms of industry, whether it's you know health, fitness, whether it's financial services, whether it's whatever the marketplace or the clientele might be. But I think if there's a kid out there that's sitting on the couch that's watching this, that uh, doesn't have a lot of financial resources, but has time, has some resourcefulness, and is willing to put in some energy, if you understand digital marketing, I think one of the simplest businesses to start is a consulting marketing uh, services business because it really just takes one client to write you a check. And I think now if you can come up with a good offensive strategy of how to maximize the current climate, 
there's an opportunity to generate really great results for businesses that are positioned to take advantage and to work through a recessionary period. That's kind of the first thing that comes to mind in terms of if you don't have a lot of resources, a consulting or a marketing as a services business, I think, given that there's a lot of people that are going to be gun shy, they're going to be fearful to get into the marketplace to aggressively market. It's going to be harder to enroll a client because there's not very many people that want to hire out a consultant or a company in this period. But if you can show them the math behind advertising and working through this, and you can come up with a resourceful plan, things aren't easy in a recession. But if you can work through them, if you can overcome the obstacles, the opportunity, I think, is very fruitful. During a time like this, the best thing to do is look at underutilized resources and assets, right? And this is the whole Jay Abraham approach. Like I'm, I'm good friends with Jay. I love Jay. I've had the opportunity to work with him a little bit. And his whole thing is what are the underutilized, underperforming assets in an organization that as a consultant or, or expert or you know, firm, marketing firm can come in and utilize and strengthen and, and deploy so that you can take those underutilized assets that are underperforming in a time like today and turn them into like very well-performing assets. Along those lines, what percentage of business owners out there do you think would fall under your market, potential market share? Because most business owners out there are very reluctant to change. They're holding on to this old way of doing things. And they may try a couple of different things, right? They'll say like, oh, well, we'll deliver to you now. But they're holding on for dear life, waiting for things to get back to normal. What percentage of people don't fall in that camp? You should be doing both. I mean, you know, you should... Never, you know, I speak to probably a few thousand high school and college students a year, and I always tell them my favorite Mark Twain quote was never let schooling interfere with the educa- education. You should let anything interfere with the education, whether it be a pandemic, whatever it might be. God forbid, if I was laid up on a, a hospital bed, I'd be reading Quora and I'd be reading things. You know, I'd be, you know, hoping, hoping for the best and planning for the best. So uh, you got to be optimistic. The grand scheme of things yeah, this is a horrible pandemic. It's going to go down in history and all of that. Uh, but I think you should, be, you should be doing everything. I mean, you should be working on your online business. Follow the money. That's the best quote you can, you can tattoo it on yourself if you want. Follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. That's it. And so during these times, you got to follow the money. This is working. Let me do a little bit more of this. If you have an online business and it's profitable or it's making you money or you like what you're doing, keep doing it. But at night, you know, instead of, Playing on TikTok or you know watching Netflix, you should be learning data science. You know, it's like you got to be willing during these times, especially, to go above and beyond because there are people hungry. I mean, you know, we're in a position where we have very successful businesses, but I'm I'm hungrier than ever. You know, so like I'm going to come out of this thing bigger and badder than ever before. So you know, you got to be prepared for that because it's exciting for me that I know my competitors are stepping off the gas. They're hanging out. I love that. You know, like you don't want to do that with me, you know, cause I'm, I've been doing this for too long and I'm, I'm just too hungry. So the more successful, you know, successful I've become, it's only allowed me to realize opportunities and strike on them much more quickly and much more aggressively. You want to read something crazy. You read the art of war and you talk about when your competitors are stumbling, you don't give them a hand, you break the other leg. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, I'm a fundamentalist in that aspect. You know, I'm a competitor in that aspect. So for me, it's like, this is an opportunity for me and my teams, me and my companies to triple down on what we're doing, which means you, if you're thinking, should I, you know, go learn another skill and give up my online business, whatever it might be. If it's paying you, don't get rid of it, follow the money. But this is a good opportunity to say that might not be enough. That might not be big enough for you. That might not be something you want to do five years from now. Well, then you better be moonlighting and sleeping four hours a night right now and learning everything you can. And you better, if you have an Apple TV, get a sledgehammer and break it. If you have an iPhone, throw it out the window right now. Even if you're watching us, just throw it. Get rid of everything where you're consuming, even this, get off of this call right now and go produce because money is made in production, not consumption. How much did you get paid watching Netflix for four hours yesterday? How much did you get paid jerking off on Pornhub this morning? You didn't get paid for that shit. So if you're not getting paid, you shouldn't be doing it. And paid might mean in the sense that you're learning something, like learning a skill. So this is the opportunity to hunker down 
and focus on you developing yourself, obviously taking care of you and your family and stuff, but really saying, how can I level up so that I become that much stronger? No matter what happens, I'm going to have new skill sets. I can go out and get a different job. I can get a higher paying job. I can build a bigger business. I can learn from what other people are doing. Like this is the time to do that. Harvard case studies are $9. So I don't want to hear anyone complain why they can't learn something because you go to hbr.org, download a case study you're interested in for nine bucks. You don't have to pay $500,000 for your MBA. You can go get it for $9. So this is the time to be learning, be moving. Like I'm not sitting on my ass. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat watching every single day we're evolving. Every hour, me and Anthony are texting saying, oh, look at this. Oh, look at what these guys are doing. Oh, wow, let's try this. Oh, wait, let's try this. Like, we're not sitting back and saying, all right, let's hope this all blows over soon. You know, let's, you know, fingers crossed. Like, no, we are are hunting. Well, uh, one thing right now, too, is Josh just preached about digesting information, which is what everybody's doing right now. So I think looking at the marketplace, I, I know I've ran through more documentaries. I've read more articles in the last week than I, than I ever have. And getting back to that, you know, if I'm just going to dumb down all, all the principles here to save money, make money, what I'd be looking to do is how do I add value to someone's life through an info product? So if I don't have money to go create a, a, a service or, or, or a product, or I'm not uh, great at selling, I would get really good at a category. So, you know, to Josh's point, I would learn like how to, how to save money at the grocery stores right now, or uh, you know how again extreme couponing or something like that, and then I'd have I'd have a group or where people are paying. You know, it could be seven bucks a week, seven bucks a month to come in there and learn different tips on how they can save money or how they can make money. So as I'm doing what Josh just said, as I'm out and uh, you know touring my car, I'm putting you know I'm starting to create content around the fact that you know you can actually make money by renting out your car. Did you know you could do that? Then boom, and then that educational piece, even if it just lives on a website or in a Facebook group, and it's even just your friends to start, I think it starts becoming a snowball effect over the years and years of, of continuous effort and grind into, you know, your, your skill, your craft, which if you're choosing it to be, you know, save or make money on someone's finances through info. Um, and then you're living it firsthand as you're actually saving or making money in your day to day life, I think it becomes super applicable to you're kind of documenting, I'm, I'm essentially saying document everything Josh just said, for other people to follow the exact same pattern and, and, and lifestyle. What I hear both Anthony and Josh saying is like, it doesn't matter what resources you have, it matters how resourceful you are and how willing you are to get your ass up and to do whatever is necessary. And I think regardless of the economic and climate, at the end of the day, the reason why uh, they have had the success that they've had and, and why I've been able to uh, have some success in business as well is because that that's a shared mentality. and. Uh, the most important thing that any young kid watching right now is, I think, or anybody who wants to start a business, it really just comes down to your level of resourcefulness, your level of hunger. Only thing that separates any of us in our, on our pursuit to success is just our desire, our hunger, and how resourceful we're willing to be to delay gratification. You know, I think we live in a time where everybody wants shit now right? You get everything at the touch of a phone, touch of a button, whether it's a date, whether it's a, a food, like it doesn't matter what it is. We, for the first time in history, have to put out virtually no effort to get almost everything that we want. And because that's what the norm is, when you do these things that Anthony and Josh are talking about, when you are willing to be resourceful and to just work your fucking ass off, it might not be the first attempt. It might not be the second attempt. It might be the 50th. But if you just commit to yourself that like, I'm going to figure this shit out or I'm going to die trying, you're going to make it happen. And it's that mentality, regardless of the business, regardless of the economic times, that are, that's going to get you where you want to go. Um, and you're going to have to course correct and you're going to have to uh, reanalyze your approach and change your approach over and over and over again. But at the end of the day, I think that anybody who really wants to build a business, who wants to be self-employed, whatever that looks like for them, Yeah, I think if you could, if you could find this synergy with being on the offensive, like almost like go to businesses as a digital marketing consultant with this offensive strategy that you kind of, or sort of like take a little bit of defense, but then go on the offensive strategy that you even laid out, Mink, and just say, let me find those business owners that I don't have to convince too hard that we have to do that because don't try to sell those people. But somebody is ready to go on the offense, but they just want the support, right? And they want someone to take them through. How can we change our ads, change our messaging? Getting back to where, you know, uh, current times too. I mean, 
I imagine someone who, you know, if I'm a young, hungry kid, I'm finding all the old people I know and I'm saying, Hey, for 10 bucks, I'll go get all the groceries. That way you don't have to expose yourself to the world. Like stuff like that is a super simple, easy, you know, kind of that saying using your resources and hustle what you have right now. Like I would be making friends with every, every elderly person out there. And I'd say, Hey, you know, I, I go into the store with gloves. I sanitize, I go pick up all your groceries and I bring it back. That way you don't even need to leave the house and expose yourself. So it's playing off the, the current time, the economic fear, but also my resources of time and ability to, I can go to the store and I'm not as fearful because I'm young and healthy as someone who's older. So I look at that as an opportunity, like immediately right now I would be doing, if you said, how am I going to go make money right now? I go tell my grandma, Hey grandma, throw me 20 bucks. I'll go pick up all the groceries for me and give me your credit card. You know? Well, you know, I, I guess the, the last thing I'll add to that tactically for everybody listening, I would spend a tremendous amount of time instead of playing Xbox, I would be, I would be researching what businesses did well in the 08 recession, what, what happened in, in the, the dot-com boom. Like for a lot of us listening, or at least for, I'll speak for myself, I wasn't in business and I wasn't in heavily in business during the 08 recession. I was too young. And uh, so I don't know how to navigate through these times. I don't know what businesses do well because this is the first time I'm really, really seeing this in business. So, I, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, history, history repeats itself and you can learn a ton from that. And, and, you know, Josh sends me three articles a day on something around, <laughs> you know, 08 or recession, even, even back before that too. And I would really start looking at, you know, what industries boomed, what companies did what to be successful. And I think through that, there becomes this kind of clarity point where, and then getting back to Ming saying, how do I create a solution for myself? You know, me, I'm thinking, okay, well, I really don't even want to go to the grocery store. That must mean old people don't really want to go to the grocery store. Shit, well, maybe I'll, you know, like that kind of stuff, like creating solutions around the problems you have in your life today while attaching on, you know, history and learning. So if I gave one tactical takeaway for, from this entire conversation, because I know we're talking like, just get hustle, go boom, break down walls. And that is what you have to do. But, you know, the, the strategy behind it, I, I think you need to read and research and learn, you know, what happened in past recessions and what companies and things and owners and entrepreneurs did well. Um, there's a great site, clarity.fm. Josh is super active on, on that site too, where you know, maybe find businesses that did well in the 08 recession and you know, get on there and talk to a business owner that did do well and say, and say you know, what did you do? What were some of the things? But a lot of this content's free out there. A lot of it you can learn. I've learned leaps and bounds of things over the last two weeks that I'm applying present day and will continue to apply. Because there is no perfect answer. It's not, you know, it, essentially what the guys are saying is it's not, you know, go out and go sell water bottles door to door right now. And that's how you're going to become a millionaire. They're, we don't have the answers. Nobody has the answers because we're in uncharted territory right now. Yeah, I think um, I'll just add a little bit. Thanks for that, Anthony. Um, and thanks for sharing that kind of like perspective of, you know, it's this is fresh for you too. That's that's great to know, be aware of and share. And I think I do have experience being in business through a recession. Unfortunately, that makes me look older but uh <laughs> but um i think it is true what you guys are saying that it's just the businesses that are actually fundamentally a business those are the ones that survive you know the ones that have a bottom line people are working hard they're providing value and there's not a lot of fluff you know i mean you can make it fun you know you can make it enjoyable but your business is not going to survive if you're sitting around you know thinking that it works the way it did you know, a month or two ago. Well, I'll say too, like I, I joined like Nordstrom's email list and I'm on these bigger brands and I'm studying what they're doing because some of them, like Josh said, doing it really shitty. They're doing it really poor. They're sending out, you know, happy, happy Tuesday, get the Tuesday taco Tuesday deal. And you're like, I can't, you're not even open. I just called. And then there's some, you know, that, that are doing it really well. And, and whether it's through deals or whether it's here or they're updating you on what's going on. And I would start watching bigger brands and just, again, I just asked myself, put myself like Ming said, as a method actor in, in my own shoes. And I go, okay, what feels good to me if I'm a Nordstrom customer? And it's like, oh, that, that felt kind of good that they, you know, they discounted it for like six hours. And I'm like, hmm, that I actually bought something like, well, maybe I'll apply that to my, uh, you know, toothpick company or, you know, whatever it is type, type of thing. So I think again, too, I, I just, just studying bigger companies, some of them are going to do it really well. Some are going to do it really poorly because they have more resources than, than any of us do. And how can we apply that to, even if you're just sitting in your dorm room and saying, what the, you know, what the heck should I do? There, there's, there's applicable things learning from bigger, better past people as well, too, outside of what's just going on today. And then I just saw one of the comments and Josh, this is probably centered towards your thing. basically said, 
What do you think about focusing on developing a totally different skill set and putting online businesses on pause? Or do you think I should do both or just focus on my online business and execute? And I guess some of the examples there were data science or something they're passionate about there. But I'm curious your take on that. For And Chris, I think you were hinting at, can, can someone learn this? Can someone become like this? You know, I think that grit is, a, is something you learn as a survival, survival tactic as a, as a result of your environment. So if you change your mental environment, you certainly can prime your body and your mind to be resourceful in that aspect. I mean, it's like, even though I, you know, we wake up and drive a McLaren and Ferrari around town, I'm still that broke kid, you know, on the bus. So like in my head, I'm thinking through everything. I'm like, I, you know, not in the sense that I'm like, you know, poverty minded still where I'm like, I could lose everything. And like, I'm not deserving of this and like all of that crap. No, but it's like, I have, a, I have to earn every single day to be a leader of this company, to be where I'm at, you know, in society, to give back to my community. So I think if you, you want to kind of create that environment in your head, either put, go all in on something, go all in on one thing, focus on it for 10 years, put a timer on your phone for 10 years and don't move literally for 10 years. If you can do that for 10 years and say, I'm going to work 16 hours a day, six days a week for 10 years straight on one thing and nothing else. I'm going to be the best carpet cleaner in North America. One day I'm going to have 1500 carpet cleaning vans, the number one franchise on Entrepreneur Magazine cleaning carpets. And that's what I'm going to do. That's my 10 year goal. Now, what am I do tomorrow? I'm going to learn how to clean a carpet. You know, it's like, that's literally how empires are built. So, you know, nobody grew up, you know, the largest casino operators weren't born understanding gambling. Like, no, that's just not how it happens. So you have to be willing to stake that out. I think you'll learn if you want it enough, you'll learn that you've got to have that grit. Otherwise, people are going to eat you alive or people who have it, it's going to be very hard for you to compete with them because they continue to get hungry. And we see it all the time. We see some of our competitors or people in other businesses, they'll start to make their first few million bucks or whatever. And, you know, they'll go out and lease their Lambo or whatever it is. And now they're just cruising around and, you know, they're just hanging out. And as soon as they fall asleep or as soon as they lay their foot off the gas, we double down on it. So we wait for people. I love when, you know, people make a first few million bucks because then they forget what they were doing it for. They get distracted by the fast car and I want to fly private and I want to take pictures of myself everywhere. You know, they get distracted by that. You don't want to get distracted. You want to stay focused. Uh, ignore the noise, focus on the signals, 10-year goal, one thing for 10 years. You can pivot a thousand times within that. But if you're actually building something significant, you don't have time for shiny object syndrome. If you have shiny object syndrome, it means that you're not focusing and what you're doing is not big enough, or you don't believe in yourself, or you don't believe in what you're doing. There's no, re- there's no like time for shiny object syndrome when you're actually building something big. And I'm talking about when you're making zero dollars. There's a thousand... I mean, in our businesses, like every day, it's like, God, there's 500 more things to do. Oh my God, tomorrow there's five. Like we are never caught up on anything. So like, and that's, you know, one or two businesses and they're not billion dollar businesses. So I can only imagine as we continue to scale, like I can barely like tie my shoes sometimes because I got so much going on. I don't think anybody that's watching this is going to get any sleep tonight after these uh, motivational speeches. I know Chris himself already has a sleep problem. This poor guy, he's going to be up all night thinking about he's got to work harder. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to add to what Mink had said is with the situation going on right now, it's a great time to change your habits. Best time to change your habits is when you're in a completely different context. So your world is already upended. You're probably working from home. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of people. It's a great time to build a new habit. You guys appreciate the time. I know you you guys are busy and I got to get to my family. <laughs> Back to my family, to be honest. Katie's been watching Roman for four and a half hours straight now. So I'm sure she's going to be eager to, to hand them off. But yeah, listening to you guys, I'm like, no one out there should have any excuse for, <laughs> for anything going on. And that's just, you guys have a second career as motivational speakers if, <laughs> if you ever wanted it. So um, yeah, thanks. Thank you guys so much for for this time, for sharing your wisdom here with us, with the listeners, the business ideas that you've talked about. Yeah, it's it's all been great. Yeah, looking forward to chatting with you guys again soon. To those who've listened, who've stuck with us for four and a half hours, appreciate it. If you've got any knowledge, if you picked up anything, 
from uh, this conversation, let us know. You can either comment on the Facebook post or email us at update at runwithit.fm. So yeah, this is us signing off. Thanks guys again. It's a pleasure to talk with you again, Anthony, and good meeting you, Josh and Mink. Yeah, look forward to catching up later on. Thanks guys. Now it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.